for the first episode, we thought we would uh, keep it safe and talk about a, you know, easy topic. Cultural appropriation. This is Ask a Brit, episode one. Okay, people, What's up, everybody? Welcome to the first episode of Ask a Brit. Uh, this actually came from another podcast that uh, my friend, by the way, I'm Jay. And I'm Jamie. And uh, this is this is actually came from another podcast that we would do, and we would sit down and before we would record, we would like talk about all of these crazy questions because for those that don't know by the accent, I am obviously British. Just kidding. I'm <laughs> I'm actually uh, an American. And if in in Jamie, where are you from again? Uh, it's that small island nation you may have never heard of called the United Kingdom of Great Britain. You mean England? <laughs> That's it, mate. I'm from England, didn't it? Oh, goodness. All right. So we've, we've been trying to prepare for this and we've been able to not stop laughing the entire time. So we do hope that this is going to be uh, pretty fun, a little funny, and also very informative. And this is all because as an American, we tend to have this elitist mindset of like, we, we know all about American culture, but we don't know anything about some of the other cultures around us. So I figured I got friends. Some of them are from the UK. Let's talk to the people in the UK. What is Jen doing with the internet? <laughs> and our first question from the internet comes from EJ Barnes. And his question is, what do you think the U.S. does better than the U.K. and vice versa? Um, I, I think I can start this one and say that I think the U.S. does a better job of appropriating other people's cultures. <laughs> um, so Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I don't know. Like, I think that's a tough question. Uh, but I would say, yeah, appropriating culture and just like blending it in. Like, that's one thing that... The European countries, it seems like they're they're very, very proud of their culture. Whereas Americans, you know, we always hear America, but at the same time, you know, I live in California where we have tacos and like all of my neighbors speak Spanish and I know enough Spanish because all of my neighbors speak Spanish. And last night... Um, for those that don't know, we're recording this on January 1st, so Happy New Year. Uh, but last night, I didn't hear, like, Odd Lang sign. Instead, I heard, like, uh, all of the mariachi music. <laughs> like, just all of it. All of the mariachis. Um, so, for me, it's like, I feel like <laughs> my culture in this area is more Mexican-influenced than it is American-influenced. Whereas, I mean, I'm sure if you go to certain areas, like if you go to Minnesota, there's a huge Swedish population there. You have the the Guido people in like Jersey and and all like each location has its own like 
culture that pretty much spawned from another culture somewhere else except for the south the south i think is like the only true like american culture and that's just because except for louisiana which has like french culture so yeah i think what we do better than the uk is we take those cultures that america is made up of that melting pot and we allow them to kind of establish that identity within america whereas i mean correct me if i'm wrong jamie but every everywhere i've seen in in the media about the uk it's like it's just obviously you know that british culture like i mean the scots do their scott thing i don't know what the welsh do what do the welsh do um but then like when you look at england like it is a english culture very very (laughs) english culture yeah i guess um so i would counter that with obviously the you know the media has a huge for both sides of the, the the story there the media has a huge number of people to represent so you know um in in representing people from california for instance they may pick representatives from the latino communities or from you know those sort of different areas and uh, i think you said was it uh, minnesota they may choose people who have a background in uh you know, in that sort of Northern European, um, settlers and that sort of, uh, you know, that, that sort of, um, culture. Whereas, yeah, the UK is always, at least when I've seen it reported on outside of the UK, when I've been traveling and I've seen, oh, look, and now a story about the UK. It's always been, here's this tiny section of England, which represents England, you know, and it's, it's, it's people walking around in, in tweed and all speaking with received pronunciation in a small country town, talking to the vicar, you know what I mean? And that's, yeah. So I feel like that, that's the, like the standard, uh, the culture that, that most people outside of the UK get a view of. Whereas actually we don't do a very good, uh, uh, job of advertising, but, but we're pretty, we're pretty good, I think, at sort of absorbing, well, not absorbing, but mixing the cultural ideas into a, I think a salad bowl is probably the best um, uh, metaphor I can think of. Rather than a melting pot, it's not all becoming one culture. It's still distinct, but sort of um, integrated in. So I think the question that I would have then is, like, what what does that look like? I mean, um, one, the the UK as a whole has a huge, like, cultural blend just from all of the different uh i guess locations that they took control over uh with the british empire but like because of that you have these large swaths of like of a large indian community and um i know that there's a big jamaican presence there and then of course in um some south africans and and people coming in from africa that have all migrated to uh, the United Kingdom. But on top of that, it's it's this weird concept of like, they all seem English. <laughs> like, if, if I'm watching a TV show, and it's someone from, you know, the United States, but they're first or second generation um, Indian, um, or, or of Indian descent, they will still have the accents and dialects of 
someone from India or someone from uh, Bangladesh, even. I had a friend that was Bengali, and he was second-generation Bengali, and, like, he sounded Eng- he sounded like he was an American, but there was definitely that twinge of, like, you're definitely not, like, your family, you're, you're, you can tell you're a first-generation, like, child, <laughs> um, without going too deep into, you know, stereotyping in that whole area. But when I watch, like, what is it, the Great British Bake Off, or, you know, something that's on TV that was from, you know, that was aired, you know, originally in the UK, it sounds, no matter what that person looks like, no matter what that person, you know, first generation, like, second generation, or it's maybe it's just hard to tell because the generations go back very, very far in the UK, but they sound like they're from England. Like, a second generation Indian person sounds like he's from England. Someone who is from Jamaica or whose family came from Jamaica sounds like they're from England. It doesn't sound like, like in the South, you don't have people who are second generation Indian that talk like this with a little twang in it. Like it's, they, they Mm. sound like they're from, you know, a family from India, whereas a second generation Englishman sounds like Jamie. Yeah. Okay. I can, I can dig that. So, um, I think it's a combination of things. So a lot of the people that, um, for instance, I think it was in the fifties and the sixties, there were a lot of, uh, Afro-Caribbean people, um, emigrated to the UK. Um, and I think in the, in the, the thirties, forties and fifties and sixties, um, there were a lot of Indian people emigrate to the UK and that's perfectly fine. You know, people need to migrate, you know, to, to really sort of bring different things in. So that's perfectly fine. But because you've had 40, 50 years of a family sort of, uh, or, or a group of families rather sort of integrating into the environment and having to, um, in some cases, learn the language, or in some cases, learn to read the characters of the language because they can speak. So, for instance, a lot of people from uh, India in the early 20s, 30s, 40s will have been able to speak English, but they may not have been able to read English, you know, or maybe they could read it but not speak it, or maybe they could do neither. So they've had to have uh, children and grandchildren sort of interpret for them. And because of that, obviously, you've got the children and grandchildren of different uh, cultures all mixing together and integrating together, which is a wonderful thing. You know, integration is what's important. You know, there's a, I think it was Scott Hanselman who said, diversity is the how and integration is the, is uh, diversity is the who and integration is the how, you know, and yeah, just getting everybody together and getting everyone to sort of mix together and talk about things and figure things out. But if you've got, you know, the children and grandchildren and great grandchildren of someone who is is you know they've come over to a different country and they're they're having to have them help them out then the children grandchildren great-grandchildren are going to pick up the local accents and they are going to like you say they're going to sound like they are from that area because everyone around them you know is speaking with that same accent regardless of whether they are Caucasian or um, Afro-Caribbean or from one of the Middle Eastern countries or from somewhere in Europe, you know, they're all going to, they're all going to be surrounded by the same, the same people and they're, they're the same accents and the same sounds. And especially when they are like interviewed on TV, um, especially for the BBC, the BBC has this, they used to have 
I don't think they have it now, but they used to have a very clear rule that if you were on TV, um, you had to speak it very, very clearly. Um, and so for a long time, if you go back, I'm sure there's clips on YouTube, but if you go back to the 70s, 80s and 90s, all of the newsreaders sounded a little like this, because they are very, very clear. It was the BBC regional accent. And because of that, everyone knew precisely how that's, you know, what that person was saying, because they're speaking with an accent that everyone can pass. Whereas if you have um, you know, the new, the, the news at 10, which is, you know, a news program that's produced, that's transmitted across the entire country. And someone is there. Yeah, right. Um, today there was, um, a fire and, um, someone got stabbed. You know, it, some people aren't going to be able to parse that accent very well because it's not so easy. So that was my attempt. <laughs> I'm very bad at it, but that was my attempt at a Scouse or Liverpool accent. Is that right? Um, yeah. I can already tell I'm going to enjoy this <laughs> just hearing all of the different dialects. Yeah. And, and, you know, and that's, that's, so you need that sort of wrist, that, that one accent that everyone can understand. And then we're all kind of trained to talk a little like that. I think I'm a bad example because, um, as I've moved around and moved around the world, I've sort of absorbed different people's accents. So, when people talk to me, they're like, oh, hey, where are you from? And, you know, I'll play a little guessing game and they'll never get it. A, because they've never heard of that city. Or B, because I don't sound even remotely like I'm from that city. You know? So, and, and this may just be the the question of... Because I'm from the South, whenever I get around people from the South, my Southern accent comes out. Like I'm the, I'm the guy that you might hear throw out like one of those weird, like just local or like regional <laughs> analogies. Mm-hmm. Like uh, my mm-hmm. favorite, like he was shaking like a dog trying to, trying to poop a peach pit. <laughs> like what? <laughs> like, what? It's a very vivid. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> that's that's the pg rated version (laughs) but i mean we used to we used to talk like when if it was cold outside so i'd be like man that kid out there he's shaking like a dog trying to poop a peach pit (laughs) like like, okay (laughs) and i always make fun of my grandparents because they have a very very southern sound and they use a lot of the southern phrases like lord how mercy and, and you know stuff like that and it's it's maybe maybe what I'm hearing is America is still kind of a younger like in in perspective America is a younger country mm-hmm. and we had a very small period of people coming in in a large un like unfettered moment like anyone could come in at a certain point and then like we immediately put the lockdown on that um future episodes can talk about that (laughs) but the general idea was there wasn't this like hey you have to become american it was more you have to just get away from wherever you were that that was more important why is everything going off right now? <laughs> I think one of the other um, 
I think one of the other points to bring up is that, um, especially in the 50s, 60s, 70s, and in certain areas of the UK now still, um, a lot of the, how do I put it? A lot of the Caucasian British people, now I have a problem with defining what British is, but a lot of the Caucasian British people, so I guess that would be white British people, um, they are incredibly racist. Um, and there was a lot of... Um, Early on, when there were, you know, Afro-Caribbean people coming over and, and, and Indian people coming over and people from different areas of the, the world coming to, to live and work in the UK, there was a lot of violence. Um, and that would be, you know, your white English, I guess, again, what, what defines English, but your Caucasian, um, especially the lower classes, um, fighting back and actually, you know, going out and, you know, you know, race, racial hate crimes and things like that. Um, and so a lot of people, I can't speak for, for these different groups because, you know, I'm a, I'm a Caucasian white man. So I don't know what the, what the, 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 the direct result from, from the point of view of these groups were. But for a lot of people, it seemed like they, they integrated very quickly and, you know, picked up the local accents because, you know, in, in certain areas of the UK, an accent, defines you as being from that area it it really does and i I think to to kind of wrap this up the this is something that as the as america got i'm trying to see now it's weird because jamie is the Cis, cis white male trying yep. to explain yep. racism and I'm the African American male trying to explain like racial integration, which it's a, both are very a, questionable topics that we'll have to bring up in another uh, more difficult, maybe in February <laughs> when we do Black History Month, who knows? Yep. Um, but no, like the, I, I think to wrap this up, we could say that the U.S. does a great job now of allowing people to maintain their personality, their individuality as a group, as a culture, whereas the UK, it from what I can hear, they do that at like a local level, but they don't necessarily advertise it. Um, the the way that it has been traditionally thought of is you are now british act that way talk that way uh do those things that make you seem british and if you don't then you were considered an outcast yeah you're expected to kind of it's it's from my point of view from my experience it's very it's it's expected as a an unwritten rule that you are going to not conform but there are certain rules and behaviors that you will stick with and if you step out of those you'll you know you'll get into trouble or someone will come along and you know a group of say angry racist white people will come along and say you can't do that because that's not what white people who are racist do you know so you kind of have to conform and like you say be i'm not saying that britain is racist maybe i am i'm not sure maybe that's a topic for another time that's another episode (laughs) yeah but you know that whole in certain areas of britain at the very least you have to conform you know, you have to speak with that local regional accent or behave in certain ways or use certain phrases that would mean something else. So, for instance, um, 
I think I had this conversation with uh, Joe on a different, uh, my friend Joe, Joe Zach, on a completely different podcast where we discussed biscuits. And I said, oh yeah, biscuits. And he said, well, to me, when you say biscuit, I think biscuit and gravy, you know, which uh, I believe is kind of like a floury dumpling that you would put in your, in a, you know. Oh, yeah. oh God. Yeah. Okay. So a floury <laughs> dumpling, <laughs> that's... <laughs> That's, I've never heard of a biscuit referred yeah. to as a floury dumpling. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. That's Whereas, whereas you know, a, a cookie over here is very much an American style biscuit. Whereas we have a completely set of, a completely different set of, uh, of, of biscuity confectionery, for instance. Jay, if you if you do a Google right now for Jaffa cake, try to tell me what that is. <laughs> I, that okay. So this is this is where my American ignorance jumps in because when I see Jaffa cake, I immediately in my mind it went straight to like South African pastry of some sort that the British country just kind of said, okay, this is ours now. We do now. You see, I don't know the history of it, but it is essentially. Um, it's, it is, it is a cake, but for certain stores, like you go into a big superstore, like a, the English version, the British version of Walmart, which is known as Asda, they will have, um, the, the Jaffa cakes in the biscuit aisle, but they're not, they, they are actually cakes. It's a small, um, it's a small piece of, uh, sponge, not sponge that you would wash yourself with, obviously, or corals. of a circle with um a dollop i don't international standard measurement but a dollop of apricot flavored jam mm. a thin layer of chocolate over the top of it and see i'm looking at the wikipedia page and it's okay yeah sponge cake orange flavored jam and chocolate and to me it looks like we would call that a cookie because it, it maybe it's just the the image is small is it like a wafer cake, like a little bitty? No, no. Like I'm just trying to wafer? think of um, what is the that I have to hand that is an international standard of size rule of measurement. Okay, so if you have a deck of playing cards and you place a Jaffa cake onto the top of the deck of playing cards, it would pretty much take up all of the the surface area of a a face card, if that makes sense. So, yeah. So, okay, that makes sense. So, we've covered in great detail that America is better at cultural identity. Um, so, where would what would you say that the UK does better than the US? Um, hmm. Other than racism, apparently. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> we got the best racists. <laughs> I think maybe... Uh, now you see this is going to upset a lot of people but i think um comedy and storytelling right i don't know <laughs> and i think uh <laughs> I, don't, I, don't know. I mean i just watched spider-man into the multiverse and like i mean that's a that's a full-fledged american i mean spider-man as a as an idea <laughs> is american even though the original tv show was japanese which was a whole nother mm. story um 
but but all of the mm-hmm. movies, like all the, the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe, like you guys got Doctor Strange, <laughs> which I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, the yeah, movie okay. was. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, let me rephrase that to okay, uh, yeah, literature. You got us on then. that one. I'll, I'll, I will um, give you a hundred percent on literature. So, America is better at culture, and. Mm. The UK is mm. better at writing books. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, storytelling in a, in a written form, I think. Um, and that's only because I haven't, I haven't had the chance to read any of the the, the you know the most famous American writers. You know, I, would, um, I think so. I can't really compare. Oh, sorry. Literature. <clears throat> um, and and I only say that mm. because I don't. I mean. Neil Gaiman is British, right? Or is he from New York? I don't ever. Okay, Neil Gaiman. So you have like Neil Gaiman. You have. Um, yep. I'm just trying to think of like modern. Up. Oh, you have Rowling. You have. Is it Rowling or Rowling? J.K. Rowling. Harry Potter. <laughs> Rowling. See, I've already. Yeah, I've always said Rowling. I've, yeah. What we'll do is we'll get her on the show and get her to explain how to pronounce her name. That's. I mean, you have Tolkien, which I don't know where Tolkien's from. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, he was. Um, yeah, that's true. Oxford, Cambridge so, scholar. So yeah, I, I think. I believe. Yeah. We have cultural identity. Yeah, you um, have what we hmm. would call high culture. So. I think that that okay. is the the asked and answered on this. What does the U.S. do better than U.K.? Well, we allow your culture to still be your culture, and we allow you to exercise it freely. Whereas in the U.K., they are better at saying, yes, but we do have the best culture. <laughs> so <laughs> asked and answered that. Thank you, EJ. And if you have a question that you want us to ramble over and tiptoe around because that was hard um you can do so in mm-hmm. in many different ways um the easiest is to tweet at one of us using the hashtag ask a brit and that has been questions from the internet this needs to go straight back to big ben there were people looking from Paris, France, and the strip right down to the underpants. They were swinging from the lamps like they wanted more. So I dropped my baggy trousers and played my horn like that. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah.